Hello everyone and welcome to the 90th Minute Whistle. I'm your host Leon along with my co-host Mario. And the 90th Minute Whistle, if you're new here, is a football-focused podcast where we discuss everything football-related. And today's podcast will be discussing the Champions League round of 16 first leg results. And we'll be starting off with Atalanta versus Valencia. Where Atalanta won the first leg 4-1 to Valencia. And Mario, Atalanta is is one of your Italian teams. One that you've been watching a lot recently. And this is their first time in the in the Champions League and they are on the verge of making it to the quarterfinals. So why you put me in a position of Atalanta for the time But yeah, I've been watching Atalanta for a while now. I wouldn't consider them like a serious team, but I'm a fan of how they play. What I'm most impressed by is that I don't think it's the same Atalanta coaches as been coaching for the past three years. Mm-hmm. One of their coaches either went to AC Milan yeah. At some point, I don't know if it was at the beginning of this season or recently, but over the past few years, Atalanta has been under the radar in a way. They've been slowly climbing. Mm-hmm. And what I'm most impressed by is that no matter how much their team changes, that progression has gone up because they've lost players where I've said, all right, yeah, man, they're going to shoot back down to mid table, right? Yeah. They lost Mattia Calder at the AC Milan. Was arguably the best young centre back, Italian. Italian. They lost. They lost. Um, right back. Um, Conti to AC yeah. Milan. Still no problems. They lost another winger, Spinazzola, who either played as a left wing back or a right wing back for them because they've been using that same formation of three five two or three four three, depending on who starts when. Mm-hmm. So, their playing style has been consistent. And they play attractive football for that type of formation because we use, we're used to that Catanata style being more defense based. Yeah. But it's a very good attacking team over the past couple of years. They lost Brian Cristiante to Roma. No problem. Mm-hmm. Mario Pasilic. Um, Frola and Darun have been the consistent um, central midfield pairing. Yeah. But of course you had Cristante coming in and out of the squad at, at when he was on loan there. And you had I uh, know you have Mario Pasilic who when they want to add another midfielder or sometimes starting because yeah. that three has been rotated a lot now. Well it's a midfield too. But it's been rotated a lot between Pasilic and Derun. To the point where Derun is even called up back into the national team. I remember Derun coming on against Germany. Mm-hmm. And so even though he's playing in, even though he's known as a central midfielder, yeah, he's he seems like a defensive midfielder to me because he's most known for breaking up play. Yeah, good technical ability, good passing, and whatever. You know, and he's a box to box midfielder, really. But he seems like a defensive midfielder when you see him because he he does a lot of tackling. And of course, Frawler is more of a creative boxer, boxing midfielder with technical ability, passing and stuff. And he's been able to get called up to the Swiss national team. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Swiss national team has a competitive midfield space, especially being that they have Granit Xhaka and a few others. But him 
coming into the team was an unexpected was an unexpected one. It's not like a granite shaka and a shirt and Shakiri. You knew them coming up at another club. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but I was knowing them from from, from their time at Basel. Yeah, from the academy days or knowing when they made yeah, uh, moves into Germany. Yeah, so Farrell was not one of those guys. So you could see that it, it provided new opportunity for players and again uh players like Polo Polomino who I didn't even know was an Argentine mm-hmm. until he got called up for Argentina once. And I think he's still a, I don't know if he's a regular in the Argentina national team on our defense, but I think he's one of the players that we're starting to build our defense around. Yeah. Um he's twenty seven. A lot of these guys have been around for a while, but they've really been getting into their primes now. And Polomino is one of them who is a bit of seems to be a bit of a late bloomer. And then there's Rafael Tolo. You know, here's what you know, these I'm going to list two players from Atlanta that pisses me off. And this is what and this is why I say I have to compliment the backroom staff or even the coaching staff at Atalanta. Yeah. Rafael Atala was a Roma player back in the day. Mm-hmm. Remember when Roma had Marquinhos? Yeah. It was him and Rafael Atala were two young Brazilian centre backs that were supposed to carry us into the future. Along with Tinied Vai. Well, Tinied Vai was a right back at the time. And plays for Leverkusen now. Yep. Centre back. Plays yeah. Play centre back at Leverkusen. Yeah, he was one of them too that we were bringing up at the time. When we sold Rafael Taloy, I think other people gave up on him at the time. Mm-hmm. Not me personally, because I wanted Roma to keep both him and Martinez. But PSG said, oh, I take him. And for some reason, Rafael Taloy just never worked out completely at Roma. Got to Atalanta, instantly stopped there. <laughs> I wasn't playing bad at Roma, you know. But like... The height that he's hitting, Yes, yeah, so you see the same way Mark Reno stepped up to just like this world-class level and PS and PSG were like, all right, yeah, man, you come. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't necessarily make that step up. But we're starting to see at Atalanta. And I'm, I'm surprised that Brazil hasn't called him even to be a backup because players like Rodrigo, Rodrigo Chow, who, who are stuck in the um, um, Brazilian league, who's another centre-back, who was the partnership center for Marquinhos at the Olympics that Brazil won? Yeah, he's been stuck in the in the Brazilian league for a long time and still get still get calls up every now and again for Brazil. So I'm surprised that Tolo hasn't been called up for Brazil. Next player I'm upset with is Papa Gomez or Alejandro. Argentine late bloomer. I don't I don't I don't I don't, I don't remember if he got called for the last World Cup. But I know that he got called for not the last Copa America, but the World Cup qualifiers. When Sam Pauli took over the team. Yeah. And Sam Pauli gave him a chance in the team and he didn't play well. He really didn't play well. Um, Sometimes they say you know, the collective is better than the whole. And I think in Atalanta's case, that is the thing. The collective is better. No, but Papa has been doing for a long time. Even when Atalanta weren't playing well, this well, yeah, it was always a standout. And Ilicic to me was the defining factor, this defining sign. Yes, mm-hmm. Ilicic. He was the defining sign for Atalanta Top because oh, so he's not a striker. He's attacking. They use him as a striker though. 
No, they don't. Well, they use him in the front three. Their strikers are two fans of Arthur Lewis Muriel. Um, I think they sent Barrow out and one and they sold Andreas Cornelius. But, and that, they, this goes back to how the formation has, has changed up. Because it's supposed to be Papa Gomez, Ilicic, and Duvan Zapata up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ilicic is naturally an attacking fielder. Uh, Papa Gomez is an inside, a regular inside forward. And I thought he would have come in Messi on the left well. Yeah. And then Di Maria would play on the right, Aguero up front, and Messi would play in behind. No, and no. that never worked no. for San Paulo. No, yeah, but as you can see for Atalanta, they deployed a 3 4 1 2. Ilicic, Gomez, and Pasilic, the Chelsea loanee as the number 10. The Rune, Frola, Gusen, Hatebor as the midfield four. And Caldara, Toloi, and Polomino completes the back three. And Ilicic, Hatebor, and Frola put this Valencia defense to the sword. Well, you see, I don't want it, I don't want, I, don't, I don't like how that is stated in a way because Valencia's defense aren't their strong suit and they're they're prone to concede goals even when they're winning. True, but they also Atalanta was also able to shut down their attack. I wouldn't say that either because the game was very close. It very very close. That's that's wise, but. Valencia had four shots on target to Atalanta's five and took more shots than Atalanta. That is Position. true, like I said, stats-wise it was a close game, but on the I day, Atalanta was clinical. That's that's the only thing I would put a, a difference to that. They were more clinical. And that's the problem with Valencia and is that... Fair play Atalanta, they, they know that when you are on top, you put away your chances. And they were on top today, they were lucky today. And today they were in the mood, and their strikers ensure that going to Valencia they will they have a three goal cushion. So Valencia yeah, effectively has to score three to go through on the away rule. But Easy. that is that is assuming that Atalanta does not score. Easy. So if Atalanta doesn't score, then Valencia can score if three Atalanta and go score. through. Here's the thing about Valencia. Mm-hmm. They're a shootout type of team. And they're not a team that gives up very easily. So you're saying that going into this is, the second leg, we might Atalanta, see another scoreline of the same or close to it? Another five goal match? My point is this. Because I can't really give I can't give really a prediction. Mm-hmm. If Atalanta mm-hmm. comes out and dominate Valencia going to if the, it will always be a high scoring match in my opinion mm-hmm. but don't ever count out Valencia if Atlanta scored two goals Valencia would try for the first course which can which can always backfire that's why it backfired today they're not a team that defends they've never even for the past couple of years they're not a team that defends they're a team that is constantly attack the problem with Valencia is that when they're not clinical they're prone to losing so in going into the second leg, then you're looking at who gets out. the first goal. No, not even that's why I say it. that doesn't matter. Uh, Atalanta can score two 0 up at half time. Valencia can try to score six. Yeah, but realistically, if and Atalanta if Atalanta is two 0 up at half time, I think that tie is dead. 
I don't think so. And, and that's where I, that's where I that's where I don't that's what I don't think. I'm you not saying see, that I, you seeing Valencia scoring six goals if Atalanta is leading two 0 Yeah. I I don't think I don't think they, they have that they have the, that they, much quality in there. I think they have that much quality. And the, and that's the problem with Valencia is that they're they have matches where they will light you up. No matter who the opponent is, mm-hmm. Barcelona, Madrid, and then they have days where they look completely void of scoring, even if they create great chances, just like today, or just like when they played the match. All right, it's not that Valencia didn't create any chances. The the the, the te- both teams were passing the ball to the same level. Both teams were on the same level. It wasn't yeah, it was a yeah, it was fairly it was a fairly even one just two just even down. teams. One team just take them chances. What I will say is that Atalanta is going in with, a, with yes, a huge advantage, not just in scoreline, but they're the most balanced. Mm-hmm. The problem is Valencia, especially if you give Valencia a situation where, all right, forget defense, or forget defense, we're allowed to just attack and do over. Mm-hmm. They will attack, 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 score as much as they need. And they have the talent to do that, even in midfield. Parejo giving them goals from midfield. You have Carlos Soler, you have Ferran Torres, you have Guedes, you have Maxi Gomez, you have Rodrigo Mora, you have Kevin Gamero, same way. They have attacking bodies that they can take off the bench. Let's say that they don't even want to start Gamero, mm-hmm. who's usually a starting strike. Start Rodrigo Moreno or start even um, Gomez. They can take off players and throw attacking players with even backup at you. So let's say them drop Moreno from the team. If Moreno comes on fresh with, with fresh legs, um, what a what a Korean guy named Key. Uh, I don't I don't, I don't know his, his name completely, but the Korean attacking midfielder, the young Korean attacking midfielder, he's been in good good form this season as well. They have attacking bodies that they will throw at you who can score. All right, so um, that was Atalanta and Valencia. Oh, but um, still, Atalanta are going in with an advantage, and I expect them to. But I don't count on Valencia because they're a shootout type. Okay, so Atletico Madrid. We started in the group stage. We started to win. Just, just, just quickly. Bro. We started in the group stages in their matches against Chelsea, and matches against Ajax. They're a shootout type of team. I like that. All right, so Atletico Madrid, Liverpool. Atletico won, Liverpool nil. Who's home? Um, Atletico's home. They're going back to Anfield. With a 1-0 advantage. Mm. Now, Liverpool, for the first time in a very, very long time, failed to register a shot on target. Um, Liverpool, in a very, very long time, failed to register a shot on target. So, the best attacking team in Europe versus the best team in Europe. Yes. Um... The stats were pretty even, bar the possession stats. Seven shots to Atletico, two shots on target. Liverpool, eight shots, zero on target. The problem that Atletico has is they are going to Anfield. And Liverpool is on a 45-match unbeaten run at Anfield. And I believe Klopp and these Liverpool players back themselves... To take Atletico apart 
at Anfield. Now, now Simeone has a, has, a, has a record, right? He has ever, Simeone has this record. He has yeah. only ever been knocked out of the Champions League by a Cristiano Ronaldo-led team. No other Cristiano Ronaldo-led any team that doesn't have a CR7 in it has not knocked Atletico out of the Champions League. You mean in the round, in like later stages? Yeah, yeah, in the knockout rounds. Not talking oh. like finals and yeah. He has only ever been knocked out by CR7. Yeah. Alright, so let me just get, let me just let me just rant. Let me just list off a couple of things that I think could be. First and foremost, any team can be this article. In all honesty. They have been one of the more inconsistent this season. Because I think they're one of the things that I, I think they're focused on trying to turn Jao Felix into something that he's not yet. Uh-huh. And sometimes that might compromise the team plan. The next thing is Atletico had attacking weapons that they can throw at you. They're the opposite of Valencia now. Both teams play the same formation, four-four-two. Mm-hmm. One is careless in at- one is careless in defense and can kill you in attack. And Atletico Madrid are. Strong in defense, but can't finish to save their life. We saw Morata missed a sitter. Costa just back from injury. No, it's not even Morata missing sitters or anything like that. No, the the attacking unit of the team itself isn't isn't in any state of flow. They're not. They're not. They're not connecting with each other. They're not. And and this is finding it very hard to to get going as. Simeone's style of football doesn't suit what Felix is used to. And I wouldn't say that. You see, that's the thing. You don't need Felix. You don't need to depend on Felix for the fight. That's, that's what I'm my... saying. But based on who are their strikers, you can say the mighty has fallen. Due, due, like, due to the attacking options that they have. Morata, Costa, Felix. That's... I, I think I that is that. a very poor... Striking options when you think about Atletico Madrid. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say. That. I wouldn't say that. Costa hasn't Costa hasn't scored ten goals since he's got there. Morata the same, and Felix Costa is, has been out of the squad for for injuries for, for constantly. Same thing for Morata. Yeah, but Morata has been mostly injury free than than Costa. Yes, Costa has been injury prone, but Yo, both I, of I, them I, I, aren't. I, 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 I think this. I think of it more as not as them striking options. Before I think of it as the team not playing well. Because again, when these guys are at their best, um, they they actually play up to world class level, which is why I wouldn't say that their strike options are poor. I just think they don't have much chemistry with them. And they have to understand it. There are times when he's using Diego Costa and Morata up front mm-hmm. as a target man on number nine. Yes, that's Korea, Korea, Korea has been inconsistent in not how he plays because he plays hard all the time and creates for them or whatever. But again, forcing Joe Felix compromises Korea. Lemar yeah, Felix, I think Felix is injured for them right now. And that's another problem too. Korea, Murata, all of these guys have been 
in and out of the squad with each other. So nobody's building a real rapport with each other. And then didn't they resign Carreza? Mm-hmm. So Carreza is coming back in the team at the winger. Lemar is in the team and he hasn't done well there either. And I think Saul and Koke keep getting played out on the wings instead of in central midfield. And I just don't think he's put together a squad that is being consistent. Who is his midfield partnership? Is it Yorente and Thomas Partey? Is it Koke and Saul? Who are his wingers? Is it Lamela? Is it sorry? Is it Lemar and Carreso? Or is it Koke and Saul? They haven't been able to build a consistent starting eleven of players that can grow together with chemistry. It's always okay. This guy's in there. This guy's. This guy's. And that's from a tactical perspective. You can see how you do that, but to do it as much as Simeone does. Mm-hmm can compromise the squad's chemistry of getting into a state of flow. So do you believe that Simeone has taken Atletico as far as he can? Because he's been no. here, what, nine years now? I don't think he has. I, th- I, think, he's, he's, I think he's the longest. We're talking about a top I, team. I, I think he's the longest I, mani- serving I, manager I, right now. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the length. I think that Simeone, if... Simeone... Simeone's problem is not if he can get the squad to the better. I think that he's not using the squad to their best abilities. He's using a lot of players out of position. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. Put it this way. Let's say he played a 4-4-2 diamond instead of a, a flat bang, two banks of four, right? Yeah. I think he'd get more of the Saul, Koke, Thomas Partey, Joe Felix, and... Let's say you put, let's use the youngsters then. Let's use Morata, Korea up front. Let's use Joe Felix as a number 10 where he's supposed to play. Mm-hmm. And let's use Saul and Koke either side of the midfield. Let's use Thomas Party or the sign Hector Herrera. So Hector Herrera at the base of the midfield. I think you get more out of each of those players because you're playing them in yeah, position. Yeah, yeah, they're playing in a more natural role. Yeah, and then if you want to switch the formation, you have Carreso and Lemar as wingers, young wingers who can come on at that pace and whatever. And then if you want for other uh, extra striker, Diego Costa would be the perfect striker to come in and pull from off the bench. All right. So do so you I don't... believe Liverpool can overturn Atletico, or do you think Atletico's defense will keep the defending champions out at Anfield? Here's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look at the Barca, um, what happened with Barca, and say that, oh, well, look what they did with Barca. Yeah, but, problem yeah, but the problem Barca. is this, yeah, but the thing is, when people say that, the biggest difference is, if Liverpool wants to run, Atletico can run. Oh, that, that's <laughs> So if they I'm want to go, Liverpool use physicality and athleticism to overturn Barca. Barcelona. Atletico can match them for that very same intensity. Can them in that sense. They can throw bodies at you. They can throw. Atletico can throw bodies at you. So I, I remember talking to Liverpool fans, and they were like, "If it's one team that Liverpool hates, or is the anti to Liverpool is Atletico." While while a Pep Guardiola can has the midfielders to create something, Liverpool relies on their front three. And in this match, Atletico 
shut off the front they cut off the supply from the full backs to the front three and they disrupted the front three chemistry between each other and because they know that their midfield is of no threat to create anything once they cut off their main their main supply lines liverpool found it hard to create and they never had space because Liverpool is the team that likes to attack during the transitions. Atletico denied them that luxury of attacking during the transitions. Because their because their midfield and their back form don't allow space in between. So even while Atletico was pressing, because players were like, oh, they were just parking the bus, but no, it was a low block press. When Liverpool came Everybody onto them. Listen, and that's one of the things I want to get clear. Not everybody that plays a defensive tactic is parking a goddamn bus. But parking the bus is really a defensive tactic because at the end of the day, yeah, but not every, the, the, not the every, media will say, oh, they're parking the bus. But no, as but a footballing no, analyst, you look so at it and be like... As much as Lips Sports not reached that far yet, mm-hmm. we are going to be the responsible person for the media was so like I said, yo, not because somebody's playing defensively means that I'm a park. So it, was was a low, it was a low mm-hmm. block press. That's what they were doing. They allowed Liverpool to, to come onto them. And like a rubber band, they just stretched. And they, they just repelled them. That is also very true. And sometimes, you know, um, I, think, I think Conti also said it that if I know that another team's attack is better than mine, why am I going to go into a shootout with them? That's just going to, I'm playing into their hands. Exactly. So Atletico got the goal. And again, another tactical masterclass from Simeone. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Even if it doesn't matter if if Atletico get a goal or not, there's no point in time where Atletico is from their style. No. And like I said, they created chances that if they had finished those chances, they would be going to going to Anfi with a 3 0 lead. And that's when I'm definitely sure that they ain't coming back from that. The problem with the problem I see with this is that again, Simeone might throw to eleven next week and because of their inconsistency they might lose. Okay. I remember that they don't have the same leaders in the squad anymore. Remember, there's no Diego Godin, there's no um, Gabby. Uh-huh. So, there's, I wouldn't say there isn't leadership in the team, but is that leader, are those players who are leaders that have much, that's, that much say in the dressing room? Because Hector is a good leader. Does he have much say in an athletic Madrid room, mm. being that he's just come to the club? When he was at Porto, yeah, he can't talk to anybody in the but and he's a natural leader on, on the team. But in this team, how much pull do you have? Who is the leader of that defense? True. I remember that he has a lot of new defenders rotating. True. There's Rudy, there's Kieran Trippier, there's Santiago Arias, there's Sime Versalco. Um Stefan Savage is still there as well, right? Yeah. Stefan Savage, Jimenez, Mario Hermoso. Felipe, who is the leader of that defense now? Felipe, maybe the oldest player, but I don't see him as the leader. Savage is not, I don't know, Stefan Savage has been a natural leader. He's become a good center back, yes. Jimenez, again, good center back, but I don't know him as, as a leader that's going to 
org are healthy, the defense is organized in mm-hmm. tough moments. Right, oh, so which... many, questions, yeah, many questions for Atletico. And Liverpool also has many questions on there because this is not the first time that they have failed to break down a defensive team. And this is not the Premier League where teams are just going to make a mistake and allow you to score. That's not going to happen in, in the Champions League, especially against a Diego Simeone coach team. But now we have to move on to the circus, as Frank Leboff termed it. Dortmund versus PSG. Haaland, Masterclass, two goals. PSG, one. Neymar coming back from injury. Getting the goal provided by Mbappe. But in this match, PSG, Dortmund by all, right? And it's the same thing that is plaguing them in the Bundesliga. Not taking their chances. They were... They created way more. Persons might see 2-1 and believe it was a close game. But by just watching this game, Dortmund was should have, should be going back to Paris with at least two more goals. Because they absolutely dominated PSG. I would say that about evolution for me. <laughs> keep in mind, I'm a... Keep in mind, I'm a, I'm a huge Gladbach fan. So yes, so would, you know you know that he's from the Gladbach days. Yeah. It's been like this. I remember in 2011, 2010, 2011, when mm-hmm. Gladbach had a team of Dante, Tony, and I think it was Marco Roy, Patrick Herman, one around. And if you watch, um, I think there was uh, Mike Hanke, Nordweit, and Neustadter in the midfield. Brother, if you watch the highlights from those teams, the man them play like Barca and cannot finish. Cannot put like, away a goalie. A lot of if you even watch like that, you know how you watch like compilation highlights on YouTube. Yeah. Like I don't remember what the name of the channel was, but they used to like do a lot of munching Gladbach videos of that team at the time because of how they were playing. Mm-hmm. Because they were using a 4-4-2 and they looked like a Barcelona. But they just couldn't score a goal to save their lives. They couldn't buy a goal, huh? The person who was doing the compilation would do like the entire passing, the entire passing um, part. Build up play (laughs) and then cut it. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Mike Hanke. You know, you're supposed to be a goal coach and a goal director. So, they would break down teeth. The old that. British saying, oh. the old British saying, they couldn't hit a barn door. <laughs> and you know yeah, how big a barn door is. The only person who could consistently hit the goal was Rice. <laughs> and with your far fame career reach, Patrick Herman still there, Gladbach. Can't even start now. Youngsters come in and take him game. I mean, you want to travel around the world with football and get a little run at Ajax and then in the Napoli now, nah, nothing. So he's just touring. Yeah. But my God, the man named could score some, some of the shot them. Only two people consistent in other squad there to really move on. And um, Thursday again and Rice. I will see where for them career is gone, right? But just because I will tell them, them consistent. 
and even even to some extent, um, even to some extent, is nasty. So, today Frank Leboff called PSG a circus, saying that Thomas Tuchel cannot control the circus that is PSG. The egos that are flying all over the place, the players who want to dictate where they play and how they play and all of that. But again, spending hundreds of millions of dollars, PSG again is looking that they are going to fail at the biggest moment. And I put down that I put that down to players' immaturity, not necessarily Tuchel, because if you look at how Tuchel sets up the squad, he sets it up for everybody to be here. Yes, please. Yes, Tuchel is a man that believes that the system is better than the individual player. He doesn't rely yeah. on individual brilliance to win the matches. He relies on the system to break you down and to win your matches. And if it's one thing that we've seen with Tuchel, my father said something to me in which. Which World Cup was it? Um, 2014 World Cup. Mm-hmm. When Neymar was playing for Brazil and Brazil didn't have the best one. Yeah. But in the group stages, I don't remember which team ends, but Neymar was playing on My father asked me, oh, why didn't I play Neymar through the middle? Why well, they don't play Neymar through the middle? Yeah. And As I a was striker like, or a number 10? No, as a number 10. When him say true to me, he'll be mean playmaker. Oh, yeah. You know them old people talk them. Mm-hmm. Come from the Maradon and Pelé era, yeah. When yeah. him say true to me, he's not as a striker. I mean, he's like attack as the creator. Mm-hmm. So with a second striker attacking me. Now, of course, Brazil's formation was an inverted 4-3-3. So it would be the attacking me. Mm-hmm. And him asked that, and I never really stop and think about it because we're used to Neymar from Santos in a four, on the left side of the forwards in a four four two diamond at Santos, mm-hmm. and then a Barca in a four three three. Mm-hmm. Plays on the left, so we're used to him on the left. And I never really stopped. It was that day I really stopped and think about it. That could he play as an attacking midfield? Yeah, but we've seen Tuchel. That's where Tuchel uses him. Exactly. And he plays good there. Of course, he, because he 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 possesses all the right attributes and the talent to play. A great winger can transition to playing as a number ten. If a winger is a create, if, if if you are a creator on the wing, and you're a great dribbler, a great passer of the ball, you're still a great finisher. Transitioning to play as a number ten is very no. simple for you. And sometimes it's that type of um, moving into the number 10 slot is what will extend extend your career but also make you more effective. Because I believe PSG's biggest problem right now is Mbappe believes he is a striker but he doesn't have the off the ball movement of a striker. He doesn't know he doesn't know how to play against two center backs that will try their best to crush him. And, and even when he was at Monaco, he played off of a number he nine. In off of a number nine. He's not a number nine. Maybe three, four years from now, he develops into a number nine. Because Henry transitioned like that. Yeah, but 
Hardy, but even Hardy was a number nine. Hardy still played like a winger. He drifted into the left channel and then he drifted in like any left inside forward would do. True. <laughs> That's why not... him and Bergkamp work so well. Yeah. And, and that's why Pep used him on the left, I believe. Yeah, as a left winger. But Bergkamp himself was really like a number 10. Yeah, so that's why, that's why I say, that's why it kind of worked well for Harney and Bergkamp. Because when Harney drifted out wide and into the left channel, Bergkamp would be that one who was occupying the two centre-backs yeah. or looking to play the pass through the two centre-backs for Harney to come on to. Like how Fermina does for Salah. If you, if you didn't know who Harney was, you would believe that he was a left winger based on how he played. I mean, well, Barca used him on the left. And Barca yeah. used him on the left. But yeah, like, if you watch the, the Champions League final against Barca, Harney through the middle. Yeah, he, but Harney doesn't stay through the middle. True, and the thing with Mbappe is that when he was at Monaco, he was roaming in that striker room. Yeah, he was again that and, and that's a perfect example for him because he was he was drifting into the right channel coming he was drifting out into the right channel where you would normally see a right inside forward b and oh, well, falco was, a, was that main point exactly. occupying the two um the two center halves which is falco's specialty which is falco's specialty and to play as a number nine you need to know how to spin those two, your your two center halves, how to occupy them and how to get past them. In Mbappe's case, you are not there yet. Granted for Tuchel, Cavani was just coming back. A lot of players were just coming back off injury. A lot of them were injured. Icardi was also, so a lot of players were just coming back to full fitness and he never wanted to rush one never wanted to rush them back and risk. So what does Mbappe want? Mbappe wants to partner Cavani with Neymar um, on the left. I know, I think he wants to partner right. Icardi. Because him, when Neymar was out, it was him and Icardi that was playing like a farmer, like a diamond, a 4 4 2. They tore them up, up top. Occupy. Icardi occupied the, the center halves, as you know he would do. And then Mbappe does, does his roaming. But no, but the point is, he more of a play, but that 4-4-2 four, four, diamond can't work with the entire, so that's, so the entire team. That's, that, that is also very true, but how Tuchel how was doing it before, I believe with Neymar no fit, that diamond could... I believe if they had brought on Icardi or Cavani against Dortmund, then it would have given Dortmund center on, something to worry about. Didn't Cavani play? No. That's didn't play. No, he didn't play. That's where No, the only person that PSG brought on was Sar Sarabia. Both Icardi and, and Cavani yeah, stayed on. Like I said, they, in, in they're not fully fit. We're going to fit Di Maria in that equation. One of their most consistent. Yeah, so he played a 3-4-3, literally, with them. With Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe, Kurzawa, Verratti, Gui, Munir, Kimpembe, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Navas. And Verratti ran that midfield. <laughs> Neymar was dropping back because he wasn't getting the ball because the press 
the press by Dortmund was just they were out pressing PSG but again do you believe that we know that going to the party France and we know how Dortmund is very 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 inconsistent this this is another shootout waiting to happen but Dortmund will always win in a that's what I believe the difference is that we know that Neymar can do some can pull off a world class moment we know Mbappe can pull off a world class moment we know Di Maria can pull off a world class moment we know Cavani and Icardi can do a world class and we know Thiago Silva is a leader that can marshal his team to get the result that is necessary how oh, in this team this team does have a lot of chemistry together, even though Tuchel has done a job. That's why I said, um, this team wasn't. It's the problem with PSG is that they're not building around a manager. They're just buying players and telling them sorry. That is very true. So, how do you call this one? Do you think PSG can overturn the time? Because here's the problem with PSG. Mm-hmm. You're a team that has to get into a shoot. In the Champions League, they, they are the type of team that has to be in a shootout. They're not a team that can dominate possession, even though they have a variety. Um, as, as much as I like Idris Aganagi, he's a breakup play type of team. He's an Angola kind of type of mm-hmm. But not necessarily a Sergio Busquets type of team. They haven't had that matter. Even when Marquinhos plays as a defensive midfield, he's really much yeah, like a Casemiro, yeah, not like yeah, a Busquets. He's no, yeah, he's no Thiago Mota. So they're not a team that's willing to play possession football so that, all right, if that man have the ball, then can score, and then we can score. No. The best situation for PSG to win is into a shooter with it. Because if you get into a shootout with them, they're out attacking threats that can threaten. Which was Lucian Farber alluded to. He said that for this match, normally persons watch our games and think, oh, 4-3, 5-3, He said, no. Going into this match, I want us to stay compact and deny the spaces no, um, in all honesty, the line. In all honesty, he's been trying to start exhibitions overall because even in the Bundesliga, he's reached the team 4-3. Uh-huh. And remember that he has some players out in him. I'm going Roy's injured. I'm going Yes, but again. his attacking talent is still... He's still spoiled for attackers. Because like he said, he decided to alter his game plan and Dortmund sat back and countered. They sat back and they defended. Hummels put in a top-class performance. It's going to be another shootout, but uh, the problem with Dortmund is that one day they will defend well and tomorrow they'll concede five. Ah, so that's... And if there's a team that they can concede five against, please. Yeah, no. Is, though, and again, this is where this is where I put situation into the argument. Mm-hmm. Much like a, a team like Valencia, if you put them into a situation where they no, where they no longer have to care about defense, they have a problem. 
Because PSG has the all-important away goal, you know. And Champions League history has told us that 2-1 is a very dangerous scoreline. Never know. So, Tottenham, Leipzig. Leipzig won, Tottenham nil. Leipzig are going through. Of course, that, I, I, I call Leipzig going through. But this is another tricky, tricky match because, again... Tottenham missed some really good chances, but Leipzig missed a lot of chances. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing about that. Let's set up both where let's the let's set up both. Hold on, let's set up both. Son isn't here. playing. Hold on, Son is out yeah. for four weeks. Yeah, so let's set up both are at the right now, man. I'm talking about the and put on the field right now. If both teams are at their Nine times out of ten, yeah, the Leipzig, Leipzig is are, winning, yes. Are going to be more clinical than Tottenham Falls. Because yes. right now they're using Bershwood and Moara. Yes, because their two main strikers are out. Exactly. And even if you bring on Lamella from bringing on a creator. Yes, like I said. And the only other player they have is this um, academy player, Troy Parrot, I think. And I think Jose alluded that to put so much pressure on a kid would be would unfair. Um, they have an academy graduate that, they, that is a striker, Troy Parrot, I think is his name. And Jose was saying that he's just not ready yet to put so much pressure on him as an academy player just coming out of the academy, learning his rope would be unfair to give him that much pressure. Cause this is a guy that had this like I think he's fresh out of Tottenham. So the last one can pay to So the last one they lost out to to Toronto Burning for Peter. Certain things we never know, but I don't think there's much to really talk about with that Leipzig match. Leipzig. I mean, why did they miss? One club that is mid table in in Syria. I don't understand some of the moves that some of these players make. If Piatek had gone to Tottenham, he would have he would have been the striker starting for the foreseeable for the rest of the season. And he could play in the Champions League because AC Milan won. Ah, he could play in the Champions League, but players make strange decisions. So for this week's tie, let's start it <laughs> off with Bayern three, Chelsea nil. Um, not, not surprising. Yeah, but here's a, this is what I did a warning. In the group stages, mm-hmm. and I told you that like, you should just drop the third and, and, and try to win the Europa League again. Yeah. This, and it's, strange to, it's strange to tell my team that, yo, don't put out as much. You're just not good enough. No, I know that. I, yeah, that's yeah, not, you know, it's very funny because Lampard said something in the press conference and he said that the players must look at their equivalent at Bayern and say to themselves that this is the level that I want to be. He said that the only player that performed like they deserve to be in the Champions League was Matija Kovacic. Now, when your manager says that, that is a damning... Yeah, he said that Kovacic is the only player that showed today that he deserved to be playing in the Champions League. 
No, when your manager says that, that's a damning verdict. Yo, he's a three-times Champions League winner. No, I'm saying... We know Coach is a three-times Champions League winner, but we also know that he wasn't crucial to these Champions League wins. No, but that's... No, but here's my point. Here's my point. But Real I think what Lampard is trying to say is Kovacs is, is showing that he's a top-class work top class player not work class yet but a top tier player that better, that better shows that he, sh- he needs it's to be it's playing it's at the top level right but i don't Kovacic think he's looking at Kovacic. i think he's more looking at the other persons in the squad and saying to them that the level that Kovacic is at the level that these bayern players are at you need to look at yourself look in the mirror and tell yourself that that is what you need to be to play at this level and none of you bar this one player is at this level i only right. have i remember Conte, but remember Conte said the same thing he said i only have three players that are capable of winning the champions league hazard kante and kotra and i think this is lampard we are saying the same thing i only have one player that can play in the champions league kovacic Now, what does that say about the other 24 members of the squad? Alright, so here's how me look at it. Kovacic has been world class since he's been at Zions. Even though Inter wasn't playing good as that. Kovacic was world class at Madrid. The only times Kovacic did not look world class at Madrid was when they pulled him as a player. Um, Madrid was bringing on Isco and Kovacic for the bench in their champion. Hamez, the first Champions League victory, Hamez was uh, on the bench as well. So they've been bringing world-class players off the bench. Not because they weren't crucial to win doesn't mean class. But they're not the pinnacle of world-class as it pertains to me. But they were world-class. That's class. why I said they're top-class players. The, I wouldn't put that as top-class. I, I would still consider you world-class. Now, I'm not saying that you're the best of the best world-class. But mind you, they're bringing world-class So... Kovacic playing well in the Champions League is price. And again, I, I said this in the group stages. As much as I don't want to tell my team to yo, quit, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I said it from then, like, yo, McValencia. Because, sorry. I said, let Ajax and, 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 and Valencia go because we would actually be more competitive in the... In the we, I can see us winning the Europa League with, with the group of players that we have. Yeah, but the Champions League, I knew that no matter what we face next, we would not get knocked out. I didn't care who it was. I knew that round of 16, Chelsea were going to get knocked out. Because I knew that the team wasn't. And... You know, you know my feelings on this Bayern team. You know, I don't like this Bayern team. Yeah. You know, you know this is you know to me personally, this is one of the worst Bayern squads. Worst Bayern teams in a long time. So you you know I don't like this team, and both these are both these are both teams that I love dearly, and I I sat and, and I watched this are, match. Both teams are in progress of a rebuild. Bayern's rebuild is much slower than Chelsea's. But Chelsea are at the point now where they have, they have some of the players that they want to build around. That is very true. I in that transition. And no, I but sat back. I Champions League players. 
But I said to myself that when 10 years ago, a Bayern team could not come to Stamford Bridge and behave this way. They would have been sent back to Munich with the score being reversed. Because Chelsea has never lost to a German team at home. Ten years ago. I'm going to now bring it back. Five years ago. If Bayern came to Chelsea five years ago, they would not have won that match. Now, this Bayern team is... Lewandowski is on like 45 goals for the season. No, he's he's all for the next tie, like a couple weeks. But he's been carrying them on them back. That aside, Gnabry has stepped up to the plate. Coleman has stepped up to the plate. Muller has fined back some form. Clap hands. Um, Davies. Davies is... he's, He's brilliant. All about world class. Boateng, you're getting old, but he showed he still have it in him. Bayern was in second gear for, more, for the match. Bayern, Bayern never had to work for any of the goals. They were, they were pretty much in second gear the entire match, man. All they had to do... You felt that Bayern could step up another level or two more levels if, if, if they needed to. I would disagree with No, I, I'm telling you, man. How Bayern played, they went from defense to taking a shot within like five, six passes. Yeah, I don't think Bayern could step over. I just no, think that. No, trust me. I believe they could go up another level. Again, would have to disagree. Would have to agree with this. Because I think that, I honestly think that Bayern were playing somewhat not at their best, yes. But I don't think that I'm not like here, man. I just think that Chelsea didn't show up at all. So it was men against boys. <laughs> you can that would be a better way of saying. It. But I don't think Bayern had another gear because I could look at this Bayern team right now and tell you that sure they could have even score more 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 goals against. Them. They're not creating that much chances against a team of that better defend. Just overall a better quality. I think Atalanta. Would have But again, I think Lampard, Lampard has already made his intentions clear. He doesn't have the players and he wants the players. He wants to... Joe Cole criticized the club stating that the manager wanted reinforcements in January. And you failed to, you failed to provide those reinforcements. Yeah, but who are you going to buy? You see, this is what I can take. Why are we... This is one of the things I appreciate about nobody. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I'm going to give Liverpool... They don't buy unnecessarily. Even if it means nobody's expecting Chelsea to win the Champions League. Not even Lampard, not the players. This is a rebuilding process. Don't yeah, buy I think I, I think a part of, there were targets that Lampard had listed that the club did not for some reason or the other did not go after, right? Whether it is that the deal was impossible or whether they didn't feel it but, necessary. No. Well, that's the thing. We knew I that Lampard wanted to bring in Ake to strengthen his defense, right? 
are you saying that getting that deal done with Bournemouth with a buyback clause was impossible? I don't. Not, I don't think that was impossible. Because you have a buyback clause. Hold on, hold on. You have to answer the question. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily a thing of okay, you activate the buyback clause and everything, because I think that not every deal that you want to come through is going to come through when you want. Even if it's, true, yeah. it's well, or not, even if it's favorable to you. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, we have a buyback clause for Arke, a buyback clause for the players as well, but getting. Putting them in the team at, 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 at the right time without even clearing out certain players out of the squad, without using most of the squad that we have now. Sometimes January signings end up not working out because not that you couldn't get access to the players. Let's say they even sign the players. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit to what you have now. So you may need to clear the squad before adding. You may need to do some subtraction before adding now in my opinion january deals are hard to get just off of the amount of paper that has to go back and forth and again this is one of the controversial things about even martin brathwaite transfer to barca mm-hmm. is that remember that for every transfer that you bring in your fucking body yeah the other club yes and they're, they going to be, to rep- yeah. they're going to be even more difficult in january to do that it's easier for you to sign people in the transfer window because the person who's you're missing up has time to 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 to, to fill that that gap. So I don't think it's a sense of all right, Chelsea just never got the Lampard one. I just don't think that the deals are going to fall through in the way that you want, or the clubs can even agree on a deal. The clubs can even agree on a deal, but let's are for example Ajax. Ajax are in the Europa League. Right? Mm-hmm. They have a in the team. Perfect replacement for Zayat. Literally use the same foot, play every same position. Play for the same country. Mm-hmm. So they're not worried about losing Zayat. Or some of get Zayat, right? Yes, some Most clubs, but they were willing to let go of Zayat. And again, they have him replacement already now. Moroccan, just like him, use the same foot as him, playmaker as well can play out on the wide, wide positions, put in and score as well. It's not like them worry about replacing. They have a replacement already for people who don't watch the Dutch. Mm-hmm. CMDM them aged 26-26. So, yeah, Dayek is the better player. Because, I mean, he's starting over Labial. Mm-hmm. So, but Labial has that potential that if you give him the amount of playing time that Zayek is getting, he's still going to play good. So, it's not a matter of if I can give you the player. I would prefer to give you the player in the summer. Alright, so Chelsea has a massive... They have, they have to do a clearance sale. And then they have to bring in a lot of players. This coming transfer window. So, Napoli, Barcelona. One yeah, but, but before we go to that, I think that's another reason why I don't think Jose jumped to sign a striker. Because... It's not about just signing a striker. It's not like a Barca situation where you're desperate. It's not about just signing a striker because you would need one. But signing unnecessarily can ruin your budget for next for the summer. That can ruin your budget leading up to the summer. Mm-hmm. You might spend a fifty million in the January window where you just mess up 
for the, for the summer. And then if the player doesn't work out for you, that it's a January signing, which are usually, which are which is where you find the most panic buys. When you buy it in that situation, you might not get exactly who you want at the time, but what you need to fill your squad with. So you might waste money and um, the problem with buying in the summer, you know, and this summer, this is a Euro year. So most of the players that might be moving year a Copa America year. Ah, so most of the players that might be being that that are on the radar to be moved will be moving, will be away at international tournaments, which means they'll be coming back late for preseason. Yeah, well, how does that affect the transfer? No, it affects them coming in and training and getting that team chemistry going. Oh yeah, that's definite. But here's the thing about that. That, that that's for everybody. Or everybody that you're competing with. So if you're competing in the top four, like brother, everybody from the top. Yes, but in Chelsea's case, they need like four or five players. Still, like the others need maybe one or two. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, I don't think that affects you as much because everybody it affects it affects and everybody. When we're looking at the, the the arrivals, Bar United. City's starting level is set. Liverpool's starting level is set. Yeah, but as it pertains to so the thing that there are new signings coming in will have time to gel. In Chelsea's case, oh, wait, wait, starting which, level. Who's new signings? Hmm? Who's new signings will have time to gel? Both Pool and City. Because they have the luxury, oh. because they have a strong starting level. No, 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 If their start, if their players are going away this summer. No, I'm talking about the chemistry of the team. The chemistry, the, the playing chemistry that you no, get by playing point. matches together. Yeah, but For the they're teams not that, that already chance. have a set starting level. Yeah, but they're not getting that chance either. That's my point. Same, the same problem that plagues you plagues them as well. Yeah, but you're not, you're not bringing in four or five new players into your starting level. That's the difference. So you don't have these, these, these group of players that know has to learn how to play with each other. You already have players that know how to play with each other and just has to get match fit. While in Chelsea's case, due to the amount of players that they need to bring in, this is a group, this is a group of the players that needs to learn how to play with each other. And that, that will be delayed due to Euros. Especially knowing how bad the Chelsea board is in making transfers. Because we're, this is assuming that they do the smart thing and identify their targets and buy their targets before Euros. Like what they did with Fabregas and Costa when it was the World Cup year. They but purchased them before a ball was kicked at the World Cup. Yeah, but that still wouldn't matter. If if if, if I'm listening to your point correctly, which I, I which I agree with your point, listening to it, that still wouldn't matter because once you sign the players, even if they're not gonna still go after the, they're still never getting the time to play with each other. Which means they can start the season badly and be left behind by the time them the players start gelling together. 
are your expectations? Of, is this is the thing. What are your expectations of the signing? That's that's my biggest question. If you want, if even if you don't, even if you want them to hit the ball. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I think it all depends on who, who the signings are. Really, I think this summer we will find out is is Chelsea next, looking next. to yeah. Then they go to the next club, but is Chelsea looking to become a league winner, or are they looking to continually just keep on building? I would. I would recommend building. So this summer yeah, we will know what is Chelsea's I don't think you're going to sign anybody that's going to make you believe. But yeah, so on to Napoli and Barcelona. Yeah. This was a pretty boring match. I'll just call it out. This was a boring match. It was a boring match. Merton scored a wonderful goal. But it was a boring match. And again, Barcelona look devoid of creativity. Like they don't know what to do. <coughs> I would I would put that down to both teams having new managers would have to adjust their playing stuff. But Griezmann came up with the equalizer. Merton scored. So we're going back to the no camp. Pretty even. Barcelona in the has the advantage because of that away goal. But this was this was a match that was Yeah. There was wasn't much just going on in this match. It was a, just a dark boring match. But like you said, new managers, new playing styles. Both teams dealing with injuries as well. Yes, both teams deal with injuries as well. And new players in the squad. Leon Juventus. Leon schooled Juventus. As expected. Juventus, 14 shots, zero on target. Just like, remember when we were talking about the AC match? Yep. One shot. Sorry came out in the press conference said that he doesn't know what else to do to tell these players to pass the ball faster. Um I've been saying from from I said it the same thing same the same time from this mm-hmm. team much like Messi. This team, much like who's that I was just talking they're not just like PSG, they're not necessarily built around sorry, but they're just like, yo, see a group of players, they're over here, you have CR7, do something. Yeah, so you're not really building a team around sorry. Now, sorry, as he's a four two diamond before and still managed to play sorry, but Ronaldo wants to. I don't know if he wants to prove that he's still a winger, but they're playing him out on the left now. They've switched back to the 4 3 3. The midfield isn't a problem. I'll tell you that. No, it's a forward now. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's not the midfield, it's a forward. And nobody wants to say it, but CR7 is not CR7 on the 
Ronaldo, the forward line was Ronaldo, Dybala, Quadrado. And that right. first line round suits the baller very well. If he has two other wingers like a Kalehan and an Insigne to run off, Quadrado is a good creator, but you see the thing with Kalehan is Kalehan didn't start his career as a right winger. Anymore. No, he was a striker. Exactly. That moved out to right wing. And, 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 and I blame that on Jose. And Mertens was a winger that came in to play as a false man. As well as a number 10. Well, as well as number a number 10, 10 as well. And Insigne was always a left winger, so. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, Quadrado started out the right back in his career. At Udinese. And then moved on to Fiorentina. No, he moved somewhere else before. And then he became to Chelsea. Then. He was, well, he, was, he was right back, um, then right wing. Then went to right wing back, then to right back. Exactly. So the amount of goals where you want him to score is, is probably of a winger like a Callahan or a striker or an inside forward. But he's an out and out winger. Puts he dribbles, pace, and put crosses in the box. And then CR7 isn't the CR7 of old. Can dribble off the left wing. Score as much as he wants. Even Zidane realized that and decided to play a 4 4 2 diamond where it was him and Benzema up front. He's got in behind. Casimiro, Modric, and. Uh, yeah, let's play with a poacher. Yeah, and they would swing crosses in, and Carvajal would swing crosses in to Ronaldo. Yeah, so in the still at the 18 year box and finish the chances. See, and then and him and Benzema. So yeah, I thought that, that I thought that they would have used the baller as that number ten where Isco would play. Uh, and again, Sari has had success with a four four two diamond um with Sari ball. So it's it's not a matter of the formation. Yes, no, it's the not. It's the person. <coughs> he had, um his midfield was Rabio, Padik, and Bentacor. His forward again. line was Quadrado Dybala, CR seven. And he has Ramsey and Matuidi and Bernadeschi on bench. <clears throat> and Ramsey has been playing well. Matuidi has been um, okay this year. So he has the personnel to go to a 4-4-2 diamond if he so chooses to. And he's tried it this season so far. He has and they have, they've had success playing a 4-4-2 diamond. He partnered the both is... Ronaldo and Higuain with Dybala as the, the number 10. And then when he won for rest, he go and he put the ball up front with Ronaldo. So again, I think it has to do Nobody knows how to say it anymore. Ronaldo has a lot to Coming in from the wing is, like I say, he's not that person anymore. It wasn't him at Madrid in those in those three champions even. No. But like you said, persons don't want to admit it. I do believe that Juve might just go through. Might. I feel they might just scrape through. They but can. But here's the thing about, you see, and here's the thing that um, people are not realizing. Mm-hmm. Why, this is why I'm so upset at Roma for not giving us here. For always, like, you see, I'm upset, 
Luli Garcia lá dentro. Uhum. Luli Garcia, yeah. He's the one coaching it. Yeah. Plays creative football, attractive football, and knows how to defend us. But every time Roma got ahead of us, would take somebody out of his so every time we reach every time he reached the gap between Juventus and Roma, yeah. Alright, let's rip apart this guy. And then when he and then when he go with nothing now, alright, fire. Yeah, like did did you not just rip apart my squad? What did you expect to happen? Every year them rip apart in squad and give him something new for work with still finish second. Still and, I come close. And still the re- Leon squad Moussa Dembele, his top striker for this season. Chelsea has openly wanted to poach him in the January window. Yeah, everybody wants him. Even from Remember, say he was in the championship. Well, um, they'll, they'll kill it with Celtic. Um, even the Champions League with Celtic. the yeah. Europa League. Was, was the Champions League then they dropped into the Europa League with Celtic? Exactly. No, he's tearing it, tearing it up in France. Expected. So, oh, he's also he's a P, he's one of those PSG academy graduates. Ah, from the Marshall Dembele era. Yeah, and um, there's another one who's still at Celtic right now, named Osane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's another one that came up. Oh, interesting. Okay, so our final Champions League match. Real Madrid, Man City, the match of the round. And tactical masterclass by Guardiola. Now that 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 saying he's thrown around a lot. But this one was a true tactical masterclass. I didn't see that way. When we saw the lineup, everybody was like, what in God's name is Pep doing? Bernard oh. Silva and De Bruyne as your strikers, Jesus as your left winger, Rodri, mm-hmm. Gunnigan and Mares, Bendy, Laporte, Otamendi and Kyle Walker. Everybody was like, hold up. So you're using Bernard Silva and De Bruyne to play as your strikers and Jesus as your left winger, which would normally be your striker. And hey, it worked. <laughs> Both Silva and De Bruyne stopped Madrid's centre-backs from building up. They pressed oh, no, them. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. This, mm-hmm. this, this, this thing is cope over. This, seems cool. this doesn't seem like that, that, that very <laughs> Did you just say that this doesn't seem like Valverde? No, what I'm, no, what I'm saying is that it may sh- it may look it may look different from you, but it doesn't from my eyes tactically it doesn't mm-hmm. play different than always teams usually play. Yeah, no, but oh. the but okay, normally, okay, so in this match, his two strikers were Silva and De Bruyne. I, I watched the match and I don't look. I, I didn't look at it like that. Here's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Just to, I think he changed the shape of the team, but not hold it. Bernardo Silva to me looked like a false nine ten with a number ten behind. This looked more like an inverted four three 
rather than his girlfriend. Gundaganan um, Rodrigo at the Morris cutting in on his left. And Gabriel Jesus has never been an out and out striker. He's True, always but, been. Okay, so how the team defended was a classic 4 4 2. That's yeah, how City that's defended. As I said, I think he changed the shape of the no, team. No, he changed the shape, but where, where, where the players were placed is what you. You so you would have you would have expect to see Jesus where Bernardo Silva was. They were not number ten. Yeah, that's fine, but instead of putting Jesus where Bernardo was, he put Bernardo and De Bruyne as the two persons in charge to start the press reminds, on the you center. Know what that reminds me of? You know mm-hmm. what I remind me of? Yeah. You remember the first time he unleashed Messi as a false nine? Yeah. Where did he play it? That oh, was up on the wing. Right wing, not even from the left wing, can't cut yeah, right, yeah. So right wing. And so it worked. But in this, a reason why this worked again was because City players executed their instructions to the T. Silva and Jesus was tracking back and defending so damn good in this match that when he got his goal. You could say that that was justified. Your performance was justified. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. You see, being a Barca fan, watching watching this mm-hmm. is like as much as Pep tells his players to play in a certain. Yeah. Players do not always end up because of his passing style. Mm-hmm. Players do not always end up being where because you look at you look at Gabriel Jesus. He scored it basically through the. No, yeah, but that 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 was when he switched the form. He switched the he switched them back to the original shape. Jesus moved in as a striker. Sterling moved out on the wing. Yeah, but here's the thing though. Bars the front three for Pep are never that. No, I know, I know. Pep teams are very fluid. But how they set up to stop? I remember it was Muller that said. That Guardiola doesn't know how to set up his teams to win a knockout game in the Champions League. And that, that has been Guardiola's biggest problem since he has left Barcelona. He doesn't know how to set up his teams to win win the tie. How City played today was a mix of a Jose Mourinho playbook. But with but done in a Pep Guardiola style, uh, and I don't see it that way. For some reason, I can't see it that way. It just looks like a, I don't know it's because I'm used to his Barca team. But this is not far off from what he, he does on a usual basis. I think he just looks. You should remember that Barca he did this a lot, but Pep hasn't done this. That's what I said. It has to do with me knowing his Barca team. Like, I can't even count it. Like, I can't look at it from a, a perspective of like a tactical masterclass. It seems like an everyday Pep because of how form yeah, it is. True. Always. Because you've been watching Pep since Barcelona days, but seeing that he hasn't done anything of this sort. Oh no, I'm not denying it for the a past. Master. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I, seeing I, that you've no. been watching it for so, watching him for so long. Yeah, to you it's normal. And yeah, I know how Pep Guardiola's team is because I was like, okay, Pep, you have stopped Madrid from scoring. That was evident. You shut I down the midfield. Oh, I 
I use an use use the second reason why I do look at the Madrid set up like shit. True. But Pep still denied Who them. Who uses Isco on the right? Who uses Isco on the right? What would that mean? What are we plan for accomplishing that? Time to cut himself on him left foot. He's not left footed. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Isco is left footed. No, he's not. Man, I think you're. I think you're losing it, you know. No, like brother, I watch Isco from from for a very long time now. Isco cuts in on his right foot. Or plays as a oh, number yes. ten, and I know that he has. Oh, Ross, yes, he's a right footed. He's right footed. Yeah, you can. We have to, and I know that he can use his left foot. I'm not saying that his left foot is like incomparable, but you don't play a player who doesn't have that level of pace to run down the wing on his right. Damn. In that way, Isco is a creator. You know? Isco is supposed to be playing either where Modric is or like when he switched the formation, and this is why I think that um, Zidane doesn't rate Bill. <laughs> But we know he doesn't rate me. Why do you think you think he doesn't rate me? There was a point where remember that season when Bale was just scoring goals in the Premier League like crazy. Mm-hmm. That was the there season was a point before he went to Madrid. Yes. Yeah. There was a point where whoever was the coach at the time. Hmm. Huh? No, no, don't, don't, don't even say the name. But like whoever the, the coach was at the time, eventually moved Bale to the number team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And during that time, he scored more and more. Here's the thing. Bale plays as... Sorry. Why not switch the formation to exactly what you yours? 4-4-2 diamond. And use Bale, Bale and, and Benzema. Isco in behind. Yeah, because Hazard is out. Isco in behind playing in a role where he can actually um, take pressure off of Cruz and Modric. Uh, as it pertains to creating, so they can sit on and can help more defensive without losing too much energy and have Isco playing his best game. Alright, fine. You want to drop Bale upon the bench? Vinicius is not an out and out winger. And he was, That's to be fair, he was the best performing player for Madrid. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, no, 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 I'm just putting it out there. But yes, he's not an out and out winger, he's an inside forward, or he can play as a center or forward. As a He's a center for a second striker, not even a, not even. No, he's not. Rodrigo, he's not, he's not Rodrigo, Rodrigo is the inside forward, not not Vinicius. Rodrigo is more of the inside forward or the wide forward. If you want to yes, him. that is Rodrigo. Vinicius was never that at Flamengo. Exactly, he was a second striker. So even if you want to drop Bale, Vinicius and and and, and um Benzema up top together again. And you know, know funnily you know, Vinicius was terrorizing both Otamendi and Walker the entire game. No, no, no. I'm not denying his performance. So I'm, saying I'm saying if you had moved him more central and put him up against Otamendi, you would have had a lot more success because he had the beating of Otamendi. And guess what? And guess what that does for Marcelo who loves the bomb on. Yeah, but he they, he, they used Ferland Mendy, which again had a fine, lot of space fine, out fine. there. Fine, fine, even better. Young, young guy, young guy, faster than Marcelo, can match yeah, Kyle Walker pace for pace, stride for stride. Um, give more space for work with. And then you it gives what? Walker a very interesting conundrum because Otamendi cannot match Vinicius for pace. So he's um, going to rely on Walker to cover that pace. 
And if Walker vacates that spot, then Mendy is going to be the one. More space. More space. That's why they win. Oh, that man is something you don't know. Why are you streaming from the things that won Champions League? He's getting personal vendettas cloud his judgment. And again, even if you did want even if you want to bench um even if you want to bench Bale, put Vinicius closer to the middle, sir. And have him play closer to Benzema. That takes pressure off of Benzema as well. Yeah, because Benz was lost. Like I said, City City cut off the supply line to Benz and set off and cut off the supply line from the fullbacks. And Magic, Magic now the legs to keep up with City's midfield. Which is why... Valverde <laughs> performed great today. He did really good. But no, one man no, can't no. do it. Fede is, Fede is on his way. I'm not worried about Fede. But Fede is not a deep-line playmaker. And he's a box-to-box midfielder with good technical ability and passing. And I think the, the deep-line playmaker that I think they want to buy is Van de Beek. Mm-hmm. And even though he's a deep-line playmaker, he's a lot like Tony in the sense that even though he's a playmaker, he works very hard. Yeah, which they're trying, and they're trying to use, replace both Magic and Cruz, so. Yeah, so, again, how did Magic... But you know what I find really funny? Like you said, even if you don't like Bale, right? You spend 50 million on Jovic, and you've yet to play him consistently. Oh no, Jovic has not been playing well. I will, I will understand why. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, you've not no, Vinicius, been... No, Vinicius would be the player that you That's start. That's what I'm saying. So even if you don't want to use Bale or you don't want to use Vinicius, you have a striker here that is... And no, he I took out Vinicius, put on Jovic and played a 4-4-2 diamond. But that, here's my thing. I think but he was smart. It was too late. <laughs> I think he was smart to use Vinicius. Because again, Jovic has not been playing as good as Vinicius or Rodrigo. No, I'm not, so, I'm not. I'm not talking about from the thing. You know, it's not like you're short of options. Oh yeah, again, I don't. I don't, I don't understand what, what. What's Isco doing on the right wing? Isco literally looked lost. Yeah, of course, he was lost. No, I could understand if you need to play more of a Christmas tree formation. That will be two number tens than two wingers. Ah, uh, but no, it was but, two wingers. Exactly. But you see, with the Christmas tree formation, you bring Scott into a space that he's familiar with. Mm-hmm. Because he's still operating in that half space. Exactly. But no. As a matter of fact, I understand that enough, The goal that Iska scored is a goal that you normally find your number 10 scoring. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at the space he's running into. Yeah, right that's, that's classic number 10 space right there. Exactly. So, if you didn't even go with the... And the thing is, Madrid has been playing like shit with a 4-3. Right? Yep. The moment them switch to the Christmas tree formation, they start with you. Right? And you, you stray from what? Like what is working for you? Are you stray from what is winning you the past three champions? What? Because right now, everybody just make boss around you. Right now, it looks like Hetafe are the only person to make a goal at Valencia inconsistent, Atletico Madrid inconsistent, Marginal look like them serious title. Right now, Hetafe look like them both fighting Barca for the title. <laughs> and out of all of the Madrid clubs, Hetafe are the only fight for 
fight boss, huh? Listen, get off of me. Eh? Look at one of the smallest clubs in Madrid. It's a giant. David versus Goliath. <laughs> hey, David, I play good, though, that man, you know? David, I walk through the European League right now. And them, and them are killing it in the league right now. So they said David's thing will work this time around, eh? David's thing. With them 4 5 1 formation and the more for defensive and then 4 4 2 and the more like attacking, Listen, attacking. Dave is still at work. Yeah, David are doing things. Like I said, I don't understand, but it was a beautiful performance by City. They dominated the game. Um, I had a round of bets going on with my brothers who was going to win, and they called City, so. Um, a great performance. Going back to the Etihad, I do see City knocking out Real Madrid. But, you know, um, I was talking to a friend and he said, Leon, can you imagine UEFA faces if City wins the Champions League? <laughs> and honestly, I th- yeah, you know, my, my prediction earlier is that it yeah, Barca yeah, that's yeah, that, that's what that's what you predicted. Barca versus City in Champions League final. No, I didn't expect Barca to have as much problems that they've had. So that never played a part into my. You see, the problem is, City has given up on the league, and they're only playing for the Champions League. And I think that's bad very idea. dangerous. No, that's a bad. That's a bad idea. We can say that from their yeah. squad to the Champions. And I still think they're and I still think them and Barca are going to final. I still think that. I think I think like on, every, every season that they've gotten closer, because we should know that Tottenham only made the semi-final thanks to VAR ruling out a perfectly good goal by Sterling. So And Ajax choking. And Ajax choking. Massively choking. So, they've been getting closer to that Champions League. And if Liverpool is knocked out, then I believe... Well, a lot of persons are still calling... A lot of persons are still saying City will win the Champions League. Because it's the only thing that they have on their mind. I expect them to be in the final. I expect Barca... Especially if, 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 if all of the teams if all of the teams that are in the lead now go to the next round, I mm-hmm. see Barca beating up either either them will get meet up before the final or they're the ones with That is true because based on how this first round went, a lot of top teams will be knocked out. And I think this is needed for those top teams because they've been living off of individual brilliance. So, oh of um, course they've uh, they've been. So now some teams that are well put together like an Atalanta can knock out somebody. Mm-hmm. If Dortmund stay consistent, they can knock out somebody. Exactly. And Leipzig, more about- Leipzig created the chances but decided they want to hit the post. So, but they are also a team that is well put together and on their day, they can, they can knock you out. This is, this is a story of many Ajaxes. It's not just, oh, Ajax and an... A nice run. In this Champions League this year, a lot of teams are well put together. And, and on their day, 
they're gonna take you out. Sorry, but I had to run. Sure. No, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm saying that this is a this is this this round of Champions League is many Ajaxes, many teams that are well put together, have very good tactical systems. That on their day, if everything goes well for them, and if you're not playing at your best, you're going to be knocked out. Um, rest in peace to. Uh, a former Jamaican footballer was shot. I don't know much news about it right now, but news still breaking. Yeah. Where, where, where is it? Where is it? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, apparently, he was a national. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Reggae Boys National, yeah, so Irvina English shot dead. Ah. Oh, it's five caps in But his name sounds very familiar. Mm -hmm. It does, it's very familiar. Community of water was in. an assistant coach of the Ulmer's boys was attacked and shot most of the time he was still lost. died undergoing treatment police are from English are former captain of Waters or the better football club. currently I think currently the league leaders as well and they're way to winning actually look like the favorite mm -hmm. earned five caps for the regular boys in the early yeah, he attended Wilmot's Boys for, uh, He represented the school's football team. Yeah. Oh, he won the now. Won the, the, the money in the Oh, in 1996. Oh, and his son Rivaldo also represented. And yeah, he's a big person in football over here in Jamaica. Since the name sounds sounds sound familiar. Yeah so Waterhouse currently lies in a state of emergency. You know where I lived not too far from not too far from there and I can see the helicopters flying over the community their, their community right now mm -hmm. like almost every night i can see the helicopter flying over pointing down the 
What do you call that light? The searchlight. Yeah, the searchlight. So, um, yeah, I think there is another state of emergence. Oh. And this is sad coming off of a regular girl that died, Tarina. She was stopped. Another day in Jamaica. I don't, I, and I can't really tell you what any other inside part of it. Yeah, being that we're from here, we kind of know. Yeah, we kind of know, so it's just a normal thing right now. And that's not necessarily a good thing. No, it's definitely not a good thing, but... I think that's a sad note to end the podcast on. Yeah, but it was here and when I get a when I podcast, so I, I don't know. I just I just I guess I just have to put it out there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, um, as I'm reading, cause as I go through, mm-hmm. as I go through on my laptop, I will do podcast. Mm-hmm. I go through like different statistics and all of that stuff. So while this just came up, so I just decided at it. Alright, so um, thank you for listening on um, whichever platform you're listening to us on. We, we are on Anchor, which allows us to distribute a lot, a lot of different platforms. So thank you guys from us here at Live Sports and join us for our Live Sports podcast when we upload that one. <laughs>